0: Hey, everybody, this is Jace. And I just wanted to let everyone know that around 12 minutes into this episode, our audio kind of had a problem and it gets kind of weird sounding for about four minutes, but then it comes back to sounding good again. So when we get there, just bear with us. Uh, Sorry about that. Hopefully it won't happen again. And with that, let's get to the episode. On this episode of the Multi Amory podcast, we are venturing forth into the realms of cyberspace and doing our first virtual live episode for a small select privately invited audience.
1: <laughs> so private, so select. <laughs> yeah, this
0: is something that we're trying out as a way to get some audience interaction and allow people to be here for a live episode and participate, even if you're not able to physically come to a place when we're doing a tour or something like that. Um, and so this is something that we're thinking about doing. This maybe a more regular feature. We'd love to know what you all think about it, if it's something that you're interested in attending or if you just like listening to them. So um, we have a few people in our audience who have brought questions that they want to ask or topics that they want to discuss on the show. So I guess uh, let's just get right into it. Okay, so uh, our first person up is Rebecca. Rebecca, can you grab your spot on stage? Hi. Hi there. Hello, welcome. (laughs) <laughs> hello welcome uh, you That's brought it. the wine excellent <laughs> right after
1: this for sure yeah <laughs> doing the same it, it's 10 30 at night here oh goodness so, well thank you for uh, being with us
3: <laughs> you're very welcome i got all three kids to bed and we got some wine we're good to go so. oh, well, <laughs>
0: beautiful uh what's the question that you have for us today
3: All right. So I have, uh, I've been in the poly world for quite some time now, but, um, on and off throughout my life. And one of the things that I've been dealing with as a trouble spot lately is I'm really great at working with my feelings of, of jealousy and all of the past things from my mono relationships when I'm dealing with my husband dating people who are also poly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. However, he's dated somebody recently who is from the mono world interested in poly, and I'm finding that I'm struggling a lot more with those things I thought I had under control Mm -hmm. uh, and really working through those. So the question is, how do I take those concerns, those fears, those worries away uh, mm. when I'm dealing with new to Polly.
2: That's a great question, yeah, actually. I, I do so. want to ask a quick clarifying question. Um, is it, um, have there been particular instances or behaviors or things that have happened that have kind of been more triggering to you? Or is it just kind of like, he's just started dating this person and the idea that they're new to Polly has brought up a lot of concerns or is it a mix of both?
4: It's
3: probably a little bit of a both. Um, One of the main triggers is that uh, I am very much of the kitchen table poly variety, and uh, she's very uncomfortable with that. And so there's a struggle there because she wants him there and she wants the time with him as opposed to... As opposed to us all being together, like, uh, it is more my, my choice. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So by kitchen table, you mean just that everyone can be together and it's not weird in that sense that you can have interactions with multiple people at once and not have it be potentially triggering or something challenging for you, but that's not necessarily the case for her.
3: Exactly. and. Not to say that she wouldn't eventually get to that point or anything, but it causes all of those fears that I thought I had under control. Because when you're dealing with other people who've been there, done that, it's a lot easier. Whereas when it's somebody who's new to it, you start worrying.
0: (laughs) Well, so, so can I ask then just, we're going to keep kind of prodding you with questions at the start here. Um, Go for it. So, like you mentioned that things are coming up now that you kind of had gotten under control or you had already processed before, but then you also mentioned that part of the concern is the fact that she doesn't want to all hang out together. So she's kind of taking him away from you more often. And I guess I'm curious, like how much of it is just the very pragmatic, like I, I don't get to see him as much because she wants to spend time with him alone and we can't all hang out together. And how much of it is, is more those kind of fears of something worse than that happening?
3: Fair. And a lot more of it is the, um, I don't know if it's the former or latter. Cause you went back and forth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the bigger problem is not the time away. I actually travel for work a lot. So okay. I'm okay. away from home a lot. Yeah. and And we have three kids, so we're used to going out separately. It's, it's the well. I'm not worried about a poly person trying to take my person, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. right? Um,
3: mm-hmm. But if this person isn't comfortable with me and isn't spending time and mm-hmm. and it, it feels a little bit like I I worry about that, even though I know that's not my 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 place.
1: But the potential, <laughs> not
0: maybe, my right. yeah, right, right.
3: It, It it just causes more of that insecurity, even though I fully trust my partner. I fully trust that you know he's he knows what he's doing. That doesn't uh, that doesn't change, but I still go through it.
2: Yeah, totally. So that's a good segue, actually, that you brought up the trust thing, Um, because for me, I feel like it boils down to trust of your partner but also trust of this person, right? And I think that's kind of two different channels that can have their own unique challenges and own unique feeling to them. I know in my experience, like I have definitely have a wealth of experience of a partner of mine dating someone who's maybe inexperienced, or this is all brand new to them, or they've been a dedicated monogamist up to this point. And I've definitely had the experience of like when I don't trust my partner, when I think my partner is like, if this person puts a little pressure on my partner, my partner is going to be like, yeah, okay, sure. You know, Mm. like I'll go be monogamous with you. Like I've definitely had that experience where the person that I dated didn't feel very trustworthy to me. And I didn't feel like was going to have good boundaries or advocate for me or our relationship. And so that was really stressful. But I've also had the experience where I did trust my partner a lot and did trust like, oh yeah, they have good boundaries. They know what they want. They know how this is going to go. And they know how to describe our relationship to someone. They know how to just, you know, they know how to set up expectations for this person. Um, And uh, then that leads to also kind of the trust of this person, which I really feel you talking about if this person's brand new, like you don't, what are they going to do? Are they going to try to take this person away from me? Are they going to throw a fit? And stamp and scream and just like make all our lives a living hell then combined with if this person doesn't want to see me or hang out with me, then it can feel like a slap in the face of like, well, what's wrong with me and, and what's wrong with them and, <laughs> and stuff like that. And that one's definitely more challenging. Cause I, um, you know, I definitely, if there's some reason why a partner or a metamor doesn't want to meet me or doesn't even want to leave me for coffee, I'm definitely like, oh gosh, I get really nervous. Um, But I've also had to really just kind of take a chill pill and be like, this person gets to choose what level of interaction they get to have with me. Like I can express to them either directly or through my partner, ideally directly, I can express to them, hey, would love to meet you. You're welcome at my home whenever. would love to get coffee. Like I can put that out there, um, but they don't necessarily have to accept it. And so I found like kind of, whatever I can do to t- kind of take a chill pill there and just know like it's their own life. They're going to make their own decisions and combining that with trust of my partner, knowing, well, as long as I trust my partner, if this mono person suddenly throws a fit one day, that's going to be his problem. And I trust that he'll be able to handle it and I trust it's going to be okay, but it is going to be his problem. You know, at least that's, that's what my experiences have been.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's really like a situation where, I would say he's the one who should be more nervous here, <laughs> you know? Uh, Cause yeah, like if it does come to that, that is going to be a, a shitty situation for him to feel stuck in between like, Oh, I like this person, but they want something from me that I'm not willing to give. Like that's, that's going to be a difficult situation for sure.
3: Um, yeah. And I struggle yeah. with that piece too, that, uh, that, foreseeing of potential pain for my partner and not wanting Mm. to have them go through that, which also plays into it as well. So good call. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally understandable. I think I know for myself when my partner who was new to polyamory started dating someone who had a lot of similar interests as he did, like read poetry and was very intellectual in various ways that perhaps I'm not and that to me was uh really challenging just because it did bring up these emotions of feeling unworthy in a way and obviously like that's not what you're going through but because i had those emotions coupled with the fact that he was new to polyamory i thought like well maybe he would find this person more attractive than me in, ver- in a variety of ways and want to go off with them and leave me behind kind of thing so that I remember it it just kind of jogged my memory when you were talking about your situation, kind of in the reverse order, but yeah, that it, it is uh I think very understandable and challenging, just the newness of that in any direction is um a potential for volatility and a potential for um the unknown and whatever you know I think yeah, any sort of self soothing like understanding, or as Dedeker said, you know, being able to talk with this person if you can, and just say like, hey, I am willing and able to have some sort of friendship or understanding, you know, neutrality between the two of us if you want it, and I think that that's important, because I I know, like, putting uh, someone in front of you when you're wondering, like, what is this person like, are they actually way more interesting (laughs) than I am, (laughs) shit, You know, instead, (laughs) if you're actually meeting with them, then that can be really helpful.
2: Yeah. And I I don't want to belabor this too much, but I will piggyback off of that, that I think that when you're more experienced, like, you know, it sounds like you've already been around the block with this poly thing with your husband that you know and and especially you know it's clear to you that you want kitchen table poly and that's something you're comfortable with that when mm-hmm. you're in that position it can be easy to forget what it's like for someone totally new because mm-hmm. it's like I'm like well I know I'm not scary and I know that meeting a metamore isn't as scary as everyone thinks that it is like I know it'll be like totally easy and totally fine and they'll feel totally welcome but they don't know that you know when i first started dating non-monogamously like hell no i didn't want to meet my partner's other partners (laughs) and over the years you know actually my current partner you know or one of my current partners alex like when i first started dating him he was brand new and And he was also he wasn't giving me like a hell no but he was kind of like ooh, like i don't know if i'm ready for that like i don't know how i feel about that and now he's fine you know um so it may just be a matter of patience, also that it's just <laughs> just takes a while for that, and that it's that it's really easier said than done. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Um, if there I, could I actually, like you
3: to see my reaction—that
0: <laughs> <laughs> is a unique perspective we don't get to have on the show. We're yeah, just talking sure. into a black it's box. Boring, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: um,
0: if I could, if I could offer maybe something completely different from what we've been saying so far, and that is. Uh that's something that might be a little bit helpful is to think about well, what if what if essentially the worst realistic case scenario happens where she does get attached to him and then feel really uncomfortable and try to convince him to be more monogamous? Or more often, I feel like it comes up as like trying to do little things to sort of get the trappings of monogamy. Um, and it can be very easy for people in that situation just start kind of compromising on their other poly relationships when they're getting pulled toward this monogamous one, not out of a sense of doing that intentionally, but of, Oh, well, I want to keep this person happy. And it seems like such little things to ask, but then they can kind of add up. And so if I, if I were to take like, let's look at the worst case scenario here, if that's happening, you trust that your husband wouldn't just be like, yep, I'm going to be monogamous now bye." um, But I think it's still reasonable to think, yeah, but he still might try to do things to make her more comfortable that are going to suck for me and for our relationship. And maybe to, to think about kind of like where your boundaries are on that and maybe even have a conversation. I mean, ideally have a conversation with him about that to just be like, hey, I know this is really like being afraid of something that's not even happening. But I just want us to talk about this a little, so that I know we're on the same team here, and that this isn't going to happen. Um, so either for yourself, kind of figuring out what your boundaries are around that, or with him. I know for me, that would make me feel more comfortable because um, I've been in a, I'm situation a control freak. And, okay, that too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: just to be honest, that would totally help. Just that understanding of what exactly, yeah if this, then this kind of a situation but yeah, that makes a ton
0: of sense to me. Yeah. And I would sure. encourage you to look at that as much as possible for yourself. Not yeah. so much of like, Hey husband, let's agree on these specific things. Cause then we start to get into this weird, <laughs> like we're trying to anticipate everything that could go wrong and making rules and stuff like that. But instead maybe spend some time thinking for yourself, like how do I react in this case? So you're not caught off guard if it does. And then I feel like you also kind of feel prepared. You know, it's like when you have the, the cans of food in your pantry, you can relax a little bit more about the zombie apocalypse, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Never. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Never relax about the zombie apocalypse. That's true. Oh,
1: boy. <laughs> yes, indeed.
0: Uh, well, thank you so much for coming up and asking your question, Rebecca. Yeah,
1: thank you. Thank you.
3: Thank you, guys. Life
1: goes well.
3: Thank you.
0: Whoops. Okay. <laughs> Did that a little too soon. Sorry about yeah. that. Bye. 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 Still learning the system here.
2: Who's next? I think I wrote down Ryan is next.
0: Yeah, Ryan. Come Run on
1: down. down. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey guys. So,
5: long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, uh-huh. Here's my question. <laughs> uh, when you have, when people have different. Uh, expectations as far as like their poly paradigm, I'll say, you know, uh, maybe one person is uh, more kitchen table, another person is maybe more parallel poly or solo poly. How do you negotiate like the space in between that? Like, what is the, the best space. approach? Was to I was going to no.
2: sing that too. Gosh,
0: t- sorry, you distracted us with song lyrics. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I love you, Dave Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> if
2: only you had a soundboard where you could pull up these kind of things. Yeah, that'd
0: be good. I'll have to work that out for next time. Mm. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Please, please go on, Ryan.
5: <laughs> so, uh, so basically, if one person is, uh, let's say, for instance, I'm more uh, parallel poly or solo poly and... Um, you know, my metamor, let's name him Rob is more kitchen table. And Rob wants a lot of like, Hey, let's all get along. Let's hang out. Let's go to the movies. Let's all these things and negotiate things together. And I'm not interested in that at, at mm-hmm. all. Right. Like you're, you're great, but you know, I'm here to have a relationship with this other person. Let's call her Ellen. Right. And not you necessarily. Like how, what's the best way to kind of like negotiate that space for myself, but also maybe for him as well, right? Like, Mm. you know, maybe he has things that, you know, if he's listening, right, uh, that might help him to kind of negotiate that as well.
2: Okay. So, yeah. So just to kind of get a sense of it, it's the idea that like my metamor specifically wants a kind of different type or different practice of polyamory or metamor relations. Let's say, let's just get more specific with it. Like my partner wants my partner's partner wants different metamorph relations than I want. So how do we negotiate that? Is that kind of the gist? Yes. Yeah, Yeah,
5: exactly. That's exactly yeah.
0: it. And, and what about the common partner in between? Where do they mm, fall on the a question, you know, kind of on the spectrum, kitchen table versus parallel solo? Uh
5: You know, I don't really know. I was really kind of drawing more of uh, a, what I have seen uh, happening, like in my, like, common space than in, Mm. uh, like I, this is not a present struggle for myself, but it's something that I see a lot of my friends or, you know, partners kind of struggling with, right. Right. Where they have one expectation and then their metamor has a completely different concept of, you know, what is quote unquote the right way Mm. to, you know, live their life. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, something that comes to mind for me with this, and I know this isn't always the most enjoyable answer for people to hear, but I think that this is a case where kind of the person who wants less is the person who gets to have what they want. Um, What I mean by that is if if someone's like, I don't really want to have a relationship with you, regardless of what kind of relationship that is, to then force that relationship upon them is not a great thing to be doing, you know, and that's obviously can, can, can be very problematic, but more likely is just kind of shitty um, to, to force that relationship on someone. Whereas on the other hand, the person who really wants the relationship, it's like, well, it doesn't matter if you want it, if the other person doesn't. So I feel like it's a situation where kind of the lowest common denominator is sort of the one that, that wins out. They're if almost you think the pace car. Yeah, if you think of it in in just sort of like a very practical sense, it kind of has to be that way because I, I don't think it would be right or fair to kind of force that person to have a relationship they didn't want to. Now that said, I think we kind of talked about this earlier um, when we were talking with, um, with Rebecca, uh, Rebecca yeah. that it's sort of like you can, however, try to make it Feel as non-threatening and as accessible as possible. Um, it's so that maybe that person will be like, "Oh, I didn't realize that this could be cool." Do you know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. in their head, they're probably assuming what what we all would if we didn't have another experience of just like, "Oh yeah, if I'm dating someone and they're dating someone else, like we should all be kept secret from each other, and it's best not not to talk about it." I mean, like there's people doing they're kind of casually dating.
1: There's probably like layers to that as well.
0: Yeah. But I guess what I'm saying is like that there is something to be said for doing what you can to make that feel I think, accessible. to Sorry them. to
2: jump in. I think you're flipping what the scenario was. Cause Ryan, you said you're more of the like, I don't really want to have that much contact and it's your metamorph Who's more the, Hey, I right. Well, he
0: mean? was also asking for advice kind of from the other side. Or the other too. side. Okay. So I think yeah. from, from either side, like there is on the one sense, it's like no one can force you to have a relationship you don't want to have. Uh, but then on the other side, it's like, well, maybe make that more accessible so that it doesn't feel like something that they're so opposed to. Hmm. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I, I think a couple things come to mind for me, you know, first one being, and we talked about this again, when we were talking to Rebecca, I definitely want to affirm like, You know, parallel poly isn't the right way to do things. Kitchen table poly isn't the right way to do things. You know, solo poly isn't the right way to do things. There's no sense of like, you know, I don't want anyone to feel like you have to, you know, you have to be sitting on your metamorph's lap or you have to be doing this or you have to have this kind of relationship or you need to communicate with them in this way or anything like that. Um, I think the most important thing here, what this conversation reminds me of is it reminds me of um, some clients I was working with or it's kind of a similar mismatch and what the expectations were where one of them was a little more hands-off or a little bit more standoff, I guess I should say. And the other one was much more like, no, I really want some kind of relationship with you. Um, And it was really interesting because um, what I hadn't considered before in talking specifically in getting to talk to the person who wanted more of the kitchen table relationship that she was feeling like, you know, I just feel rejected by, or I feel like there's something wrong with me and I feel like I'm trying to repair that and trying to repair that and I keep being rejected. Whereas the person who's more standoffish was just kind of like, no, like I don't have a problem, you know? Like I I just don't feel like, you know, all of us going to the movies together or whatever. Um, And so I'm wondering if that might be something there to that with people who have these kind of mismatched expectations that if we can kind of reach a neutral ground of where it's like, we can reach the what I like to call to think we've referred to it on the show before as kind of like the neutral positivity Mm. relationship between metamors of like, if we can reach that where it's like, you know, you're safe, you know, I don't hate you, you know, like, you know, I don't have a problem with you. It's just that I prefer to have more alone time or I prefer to be focused on my partner. Um, So I think that can be really important. I think it can be important to put an emphasis on, direct communication with this person about these things, because it's probably something that's more likely to get garbled through your partner or get garbled. If there's a lack of communication, you know, through your partner. Um, and, uh, yeah, it may be a thing. Again, it seems like this would be also really important to get, um, the mutual partners input on as well of figuring out, is there a good compromise? That would make everyone feel safe enough to engage in this relationship. Maybe it is like once every six months, we can go to the movies together, or maybe once every six months, like, yeah, sure, we're okay to hang out at a party together, or whatever. Where, like, what is enough that makes maybe you feel like I have breathing room and this person's not trying to force a relationship on me, but makes the other person feel like, oh, I'm seen. And I'm connected to, and we have a channel of communication, and it's not that like you hate me and are rejecting me. Um, I realize that may yeah. not always be the feelings that each person's feeling, but that's just kind of what comes to mind for me. did What do the two of you think?
1: Yeah, I think language is an important thing to kind of put out there in a really positive way or even just a neutral way, because there's a difference between being like, hey, I you know, I'm very committed to our mutual partner. Um, that's where my focus is. That's something that I feel is more, I uh, I don't know just what, where my interests lie in my life. And like, I think you're awesome. You're great, but I'm, I'm not really comfortable with, you know, us all hanging out in a certain way or in a certain fashion versus being like, Hey man, like I'm, I don't want to, I'm not going to hang out with you. Like, that's not a thing that I'm going to do. Like there are ways I think in which to say the same thing in better or worse ways, uh, and if that can be done in like a, with kindness and with love, and also maybe always keeping open communication, like for instance, Dedeker's two partners, Jason Alex, like they're not the best of friends, but they definitely have open communication with one another. And but you also, like, don't it's not like you don't get along or anything. No, like that. not it's at all. Right. It's yeah. not. It's not anything along those lines. It's just that like they don't. All need to like hang out together all the time, but they will if if that occurs in the moment. But there's no push to do that per se. I think it's just like a mutual understanding and also like respect for one another. And I don't know. I, I it is a fine line potentially, especially if somebody so so deeply wants to be involved um, in everybody's life you know, then that can be potentially challenging. But I do think that they also should respect the person's wishes. Who's like, Hey, I actually am just more interested in like having a loving relationship with this person. I, I respect you and good for you. Like, I hope you're doing great, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just not very interested in like hanging out in that fashion. Three of us or more of us or whatever.
2: to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I.
0: Jason? How's, how's that all feeling for you so far, Ryan? I'm just curious to check in on like what things have resonated with you and what ones are you like, well, I don't know if that applies here.
5: Uh, no, I I found a lot of that really helpful. Um, uh, certainly, I, uh, uh, I agree about speaking with people with uh, compassion uh, and kindness. Uh, I really liked... Uh, neutral positivity I think is a good like anchor point because I think sometimes it can be hard to you know distill like what that you know means you know especially in a space where you're trying to like maybe create space with people so I, I like neutral positivity and I'm gonna I made a little note for my here <laughs> for myself here about that right yeah um, yeah, no, that was uh, that's all been very helpful. Thank you guys very much.
2: You have a very good radio voice, Ryan. Yeah, lovely voice. To say. Oh, thank you so
0: much. <laughs> yeah, do you have like a studio microphone set up there with you? Not at all. It's, it sounds great. Yeah, yeah it does. Oh, well, Maybe just Thank been, you very
1: much. Not a very live room. It's like a good. Yeah, good. Right. For yeah. Sure. right. we might next. we might be
2: calling you up next time we need to record some kind of voiceover right. or something.
1: Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. Excellent! Excellent! Please do.
0: Yeah, this, this one's an interesting, it's, it's an interesting topic and I feel like mm. it's just, it varies so much based on what's going on in the situation. Cause like, I know I've, I've yeah. been in situations where that's felt really negative when someone has told mm. me they, as a metamorph that they didn't want to have a relationship with me that felt really shitty and maybe condescending or standoffish mm. or arrogant or like all sorts of negative associations. But we also
1: bring our own like personal baggage to it entirely. Sure. But then so, I was going to
0: say, I've also had other times where it's like, like Emily brought up with Dedeker's partner, Alex, where neither of us have ever been like, hey, bro, like don't try to be friends with me, <laughs> but at the same time have kind of been like, yeah, I don't feel a big need to, you know, to, be to talk a ton, um, but when something comes up, we can, I think maybe that's the mm. difference is the other one kind of felt like, well, I just can't even communicate here at all. Um, as opposed to sort of like, yeah, this is open. And if, if you like need something from me, absolutely. Let's communicate. If you want to work together on something to like plan something for our partner, sure. But I don't really want to just all hang out together and watch movies or, or whatever. Um, and then maybe that's not so much about the fact that they're a metamorph, but just sort of like what you like to do with your time. Uh, well right.
2: also maybe the fact they're on different continents. Well yeah.
0: T-
1: well I've done that with all that. of you. But
0: <laughs> that's true <whatever. laughs> With we'll look at this technology right here. We can be in you're whatever right. continents. it right. watch yeah. a movie together. Like, we'll and,
2: just have a big old metamore party with everybody watching a movie together.
0: Yeah. And live stream it. <laughs> Goodness.
2: <laughs> all right. We'll Thank you, it. Ryan.
0: Thank you so much. Thank you so much.
2: All right. Uh now our Camille. Final contestant. Camille. Final Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what's that? Oh yeah. Doo, doo, yeah. Yeah.
2: Or what was the what was the final was it the final spin in Wheel of what oh, was oh, it in Wheel oh. of Fortune?
0: Oh, uh, was it yeah, the final spin was a thing at one point. Yeah,
2: something like that.
0: Yeah.
4: Um my question is about um surviving NRE from the outside as a partner who is in old relationship energy with their partner. And this, um, the context for this question is on behalf of my nesting partner um, with whom I've been living for seven years, uh, my husband. And um, I, in the past uh, six months, have taken on two lovely new partners for the first time um, since we've been open for about eight months. So it's all kind of scary and intimidating and i would like to know how to best support him Uh, we also live in the bible belt in a small city and dating has been hard for him as a Mm. straight married poly guy too so um he has some envy um at his kind of luck right now or lack thereof and watching my relationships blossom and it's, it's conflicting for me as well, because I don't want to kind of rub my happiness in his face in a way, but also walk the line between open communication and um, supporting him too.
2: Yeah. Is this, is this something that he has come to you with of like, Hey, I'm really struggling here. um, Or is it something that you've just been feeling guilt over? Has it been a mix of both?
4: Uh, it's a mix of both, but we do um, communicate often about it. But just recently, um, he was he was saying he was feeling the kind of squicky, just a little scared, yeah. not really putting exact language to it, but just general discomfort at witnessing NRE um, from the outside.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of pieces going on at the same time. I think that's, you know, Dedeker's trying to tease out like which ones should we talk about? Mm-hmm. Um, cause gosh, I mean that like when you've, especially when you're newer to polyamory, I find this happens is it's just, it just kind of happens sometimes that one person kind of has better luck than the other mm-hmm. at certain times. Um, And this could flip around the other way at some point too, or maybe it takes him way longer to find a partner, but then he finds one that's nice and solid. Meanwhile, you've had, you know, eight breakups and that's been really hard on you, right? Like it, it can really, anything can happen. Um, eight
2: breakups, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know. <laughs>
0: like all hers have been no, It tra- you, you know what I'm it saying. It may
2: as well be eight breakups for how it feels, yeah.
0: Yeah, so. it'll feel like eight breakups. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm being super pessimistic and now you're <laughs> oh. frowning. <laughs> no, but I guess what I mean is that I I found that over time like in my relationship with Dedeker, it's really varied which of us kind of had more partners and it's easy to be jealous on either side mm-hmm. too. Of sometimes it's like I have all these partners and maybe once the NRE wears off a little bit, you're like, I'm so jealous of all the like alone time and free time you get. Because I feel like every spare moment <laughs> I'm spending time with my partners, which I love, but I'm not getting my alone time. So it, yeah. it it really can fluctuate.
2: Or or what I've also experienced is like once the NRE wears off and then your partner finds someone new and then they're an NRE, then it can it just so easy mm-hmm. to get into the grasses greener kind of situation, <laughs> yeah. essentially. Yeah.
1: But in terms of, like, actionable things that you can be doing for him, I mean, and I'm sure you're great at doing this already, but it is things like asking what he needs in the moment, if it is something such as reassurance, I, uh, you know, if there's a specific thing that's been really challenging for him and he needs reassurance on, such as, like, the amount of time that you're spending maybe away from the house or sleepovers or something like that— if you can really like make a specific date night with him or a couple date nights with him, instead of just like doing your day to day thing at the house, if you can kind of bolster him up and build him up and make him feel special in that way as well. um, That's probably going to be very nice for him. Cause yeah, I mean, we've all been there. It, It, this definitely, especially with very long term relationships Uh, that just don't always maybe have that, like, sparky, intense energy of NRE, which is totally understandable, it can feel difficult in those moments, especially, like, if you're having great sex with someone else, things like (laughs) that. Yeah, all of that together can be challenging, even if you come home from a date and your husband, like, can see the excitement, you know, those things not that they shouldn't be there and that's amazing that they are, but, but it obviously, um, understandably can be challenging.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to real quick, I'll pass it off to dedica I just really wanted a quick second. The idea of like really prioritize having quality yeah, date time, quality time. with mm-hmm. your, with your nesting partner, with your husband. Um, because yeah, it's, it's easy to just be like, yeah, we spend more time together than I do with anyone else, but it's like, doing the laundry and cleaning the house and
1: or just or like even in just bed sitting. netflix yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah yeah like the same old same old just yeah.
0: like being really proactive about that yeah and, so like yeah. daytime
2: where it's like you're actually like showering and shaving and putting on makeup if you do that mm-hmm. and yeah you know getting dressed up and even if it's just like we're gonna go to the like little cafe that we've gone to a billion times but where it's still like there's a ritual around date time um yeah. And related to that, I, I did want to ask another question of are there particular things that that are more triggering or more upsetting to him? Are there particular things that he witnesses that brings up stuff that you know of? Uh,
4: that's a good question. I was trying to think of that because specifically, um, both my relationships are LDR. Mm, um, okay. So it's a lot of video chatting. Yeah. yeah. Right. And... Recently, I know we've had discussions about me making sure I'm checking my phone etiquette and not mm. being, you know, absorbed into my phone. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Because I also um, work from my phone too, so there are just a lot of reasons that pull me into my phone. But I have to. I know I have to be better about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's the it's the attention away mm. um, because my dates are in the house. Uh, right. Yeah. You- do right. so kind of um if he doesn't have anything planned um it's kind of something he has to specifically and intentionally distract himself for a while yeah. right
2: um, yeah yeah that's um because i was going to ask because for different people it's different things you know for some people you know maybe this this probably wouldn't happen so much since your relationships are long distance for some people it is having to watch their partner you know, getting showered and getting prettied up and then heading out the door for some people, often for me, what tends to trigger me the most, if my partner's an NRE is, is the phone thing is the like, mm. cause I've been there. I know when you're an NRE and it's just like, <laughs> you know, just like emoji, 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 <laughs> emoji, you know, um, that's the thing that tends to upset me the most. Mm. Um, and, uh, so with you being in the house on your dates, that is interesting. Um, cause that is also something to work with. Um, because you could potentially, you know, the dates don't always have to be in the house. Like, because I also often work, you know, with my own relationships being long distance for some part of the year that sometimes I will be like, all right, I'm at a Starbucks eating cake in front of you, <laughs> you know, and that's going to be our, our date or our hangout or whatever. And that doesn't have to be every time. It shouldn't be every single time. Um, But that can be an option too. Um, But like, if you can have a conversation about like, if there's something more specific that tends to be more upsetting, then we can have a place to work from of like, okay, how can we get in front of that? Or how can we make that feel a little bit more better or maybe be a little bit less present around you? You were going to say something.
0: Yeah. I was just going to say in the spirit of, of kind of giving the advice that I would love to give to your husband is, I guess just to right now, while it's all new, it can feel like this, like, gosh, now I have to find something to occupy my time while she's, in the other room doing this thing and I need to distract myself and whatever. And just to say that that there will come a time, just stick with it, there will come a time where you so look forward to those moments. Hmm. Like when when Dedeker, when she and I are living together and she has a date with Alex where they do the Skype date because it'll be long distance at that time.
1: They're like, yes, get I'm out like, of here. Yes,
0: like video game time, <laughs> finally, right? Like, I Or I can work on this project that I've been wanting to work on that she keeps like wanting to talk to me while I'm trying to focus on something (laughs) and and it's, and it's great. And I, and I actually like really look forward to those times. Um, So I guess just to kind of have a little bit of hope for the future and maybe be Mm -hmm. proactive about that in terms of like, I feel like especially when you've lived with someone for quite a few years It's easy to just sort of you forgot about the things that you would do on your own because Mm. you're always around them. And to kind of figure out what those things are, maybe find new things and just really enjoy the fact that you, you know, I feel like it's such a common trope of married couples of kind of being like, "Ah, like, I just wish I could have some time to like do my projects and all my time's taken up. Um, it's like, hey, you you get to have that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for me, that's one of the things I love about non-monogamy is that my partners do have other things to do, so I get time to mm-hmm. to do the stuff I like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nice. Awesome. Yeah,
0: Rebecca
2: says best part of polyamory is finding yourself again. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I Sarah, agree with that.
2: How are you doing, Camille? Do you feel full? Do you feel like?
4: Yeah, I feel like that's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, t- I would hop on what you just said and say. <laughs> if I could ask one more question is that now, how do I find the
1: time for myself? For three <laughs> That's a great question. And yeah. you, you have to schedule it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, honestly, surrounding all of these things, I think scheduling is huge because again, mm-hmm. if you can schedule even like phone time, because I think, yeah, Jason, and I, uh, when we were living together, did this too, that, Um, You know, okay, after the hours of eight o'clock, you know, till bedtime, like, let's try to stay off our phones and be engaged with one another, as opposed to, you know, being engaged in work or being engaged with your other partners, or figuring out something along those lines. And again, scheduling those date nights, even if it happens, you know, twice a week or whatever on the same day, just so that you know, and you both have something to look forward to in your relationship in that way. So. And scheduling the alone time. And scheduling yeah. the alone time. That's also very important. Yes. Yeah. Very important. Yeah.
0: yeah, I would definitely um, encourage some advice like that that we got before years ago was the idea of scheduling a date night in the calendar for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's up to you, you know, what you do with it. It could be time to catch up on chores or like work stuff, or it could be just fun time, but kind of like to actually carve that out because if you don't, it's just easy for like everything to creep in and then it's gone. It's like, oh. And then that week's gone by and then that month has gone by and then it's been a year and you're like, I haven't had a single <laughs> yeah. night to myself or, or day to myself. Yeah, um, It's just, yeah, it, schedule it, you know? Yeah. And then it helps you see like, Oh boy, I don't have as much free time as I thought I did or something you know it kind of helps you prioritize things wonderful well thank you so thank much for coming up and sharing camille yeah,
1: thank you thank you all
0: right. all right
2: well that was everybody on our roster indeed it
1: was
0: yeah
2: uh well we got a little bonus question from rebecca asking what's your favorite metamore meeting story have oh, a favorite. I got some bad ones. But <laughs> <laughs> do you have like
0: a, a, a bad metamorph meeting? Specifically the meeting that was bad?
2: Uh Uh
0: I think I have a f- I have a funny good meeting one. Okay. Goodish. I mostly yeah. have
2: awkward ones, I think. I mean uh, not but <laughs> I mean in recent years it's like good. The meeting's good and so therefore it's not very exciting to talk about cuz it's just like, oh yeah, they met and was fine, you know. Um <laughs> Yeah. My I had an experience I'm sure the two of you know this story. I'm sure I've told it at some point. Yeah, I'm sure. Where I had not met this particular metamor yet. Um, this was also someone who is more monogamously minded. So, you know, kind of similar to Rebecca's situation. I had some anxieties about this person, also did not trust my partner. So um so that was a whole thing. Um, I was heading to a job. I was doing like a promo modeling gig for, I think it was for Xbox or something like that. It was a one-night gig, <laughs> it was just one event. I was heading to that gig. My partner texts me on the way being like, "Oh, by the way, I think I totally spaced this, but uh your metamore is also working this same job." Um,
0: <laughs> right. And he wow. told he
2: told me this like lit I literally got the text message like less than an hour before I was supposed to be heading into this,
0: right, this to this job. gig. Yeah. To this
2: person where like there's already some tension it like she's already been like way too nervous to meet me and weird about meeting me. And now suddenly it's just like, Oh, by the way, you're both working the same job. Bye. Um, Gosh. I like, don't know Google. if I believe that he actually spaced it. Now I'm kind of like, I think he knew and just mm. didn't know how I'm to sure. communicate Knowing this it. Person, Knowing the sure. person. Yeah. Like I, he just didn't know how to communicate it and just kind of bailed at the last second or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it was I mean it was awkward. We both felt awkward. We were in the context of right it was training for this gig. So we were both like having to pay attention to other things, but then like anyway, that's that's all. It ended up being fine. Um, you know, and I went on with this person like a long time later I ended up having better meetings. Oh, that's um, good yeah slightly better but uh but that first one was just like oh god yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'd also also okay also i i'd like shown up in like yoga pants you know like i hadn't even dressed properly because it was just training and so i was like of course like <laughs> the day that i not even put together I'm sure her hair was gorgeous as was always freaking gorgeous like <laughs> yes so, <laughs> anyway <Yeah.
1: laughs>
2: That was mine. Wow. Kenzie said X's partner met his nesting partner when she picked them both up while they were tripping on acid, wandering around downtown Davis. Great. Wow.
0: Fantastic. Wow.
2: What was your story? I don't think I have
0: anything quite that exciting. Mine. um,
2: Whoa. I can met her naked when she came home early. Cool.
0: Got it. Yes, I see. So you were naked and the, then the metamore came home. Nice. Great. Okay. good. Great. good.
1: Hey. Hey. That's funny. It
0: happens. Uh, <laughs> Ryan. Um so mine I this is like barely even a metamore. I think Emily, you only went on like one
1: Oh, this was my story too. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, do you
0: want it? Wait, no, but it was no, my metamor. It. It's...
1: Yeah, I know. I know. But it was it was yeah, it was just a story pertaining to the two of you. You're right.
0: Um Go well yeah, that, that Emily had
1: I I went on a few dates, but I only slept with this person twice.
0: Right. But she'd gone on a few dates and he was very resistant to meeting me and thought that was weird. We were also fairly new to polyamory at the time. And he was coming over. He was coming over to our place um, and I was leaving. I was going to
1: you out of the house to, to spend the night at Dedeker's.
0: Right. So I was going over to Dedeker's and he was coming over to our place and... I didn't find this out till later, but a guy had been kind of getting my stuff ready to go, and that he'd been just like sitting out in his car waiting for Emily to be like, Jace is gone so that he could come in because he didn't want to meet me. He thought it was super weird. This was weird. like
1: five years ago, everyone. Like, please don't judge me too <laughs> who, harshly.
2: Who is, who is this person? Can you tell this me? San Diego boy. Oh, San Diego
0: boy. Yeah. Um. And who got to speak in code here. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, what happened was I, I left and then he shows up and then I realized I forgot something. Um, and He's so like, mm-hmm. I like had to stop and like get out of my car and run back in to... Or get off my motorcycle, yeah. Or whatever. I was like, you didn't have a car, that <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> come on. To to come back in and and get something that I had forgotten, and then he was there, um. And, and I came in and I was like, oh, hey, good to meet you, and said hi, and it was just kind of like, oh, I just got to grab this thing, and I grabbed it. It's like, have a good time, you guys, and like, then good, good to meet you. Yeah, when and you I left, left
1: <laughs> he was like, oh, that wasn't that was fine, and I'm like. Yeah. Uh, duh. Calm down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's my mine, I guess. And Emily's yeah. funny metamore meeting story. Yeah. That's that pretty was funny.
1: The that I remember. Yeah. Yeah. All right.
2: Uh, well, first of all, thank you to all of you patrons who joined us today for our like exclusive hand picked, privately selected, um, group of people here <laughs> yes. today. Yeah. Uh, thank you for helping us test out this new format. This was a ton of fun. Um, hopefully we'll do some more of this in the future. For those of you who are listening, you patrons who are listening, um, if you have experiences similar to what people share today, we definitely want to hear about it. Um, so the best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread, in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups, and you can join our exclusive community by going to Patreon.com/MultiAmory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info@MultiAmory.com. At you can leave us a voicemail at 678 M U L 5 Or you can leave us a voice message on Facebook. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from The Fractal Cave EP. Full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com.